0: Hey everybody, before we get to our episode today, I want to share with you about an exciting movie that is coming out this Friday. It's called Blue Bayou. It's from award winning writer and director Justin Chan, who also stars in the movie. Blue Bayou. It is the moving and timely story of a uniquely American family fighting for their future. It stars a character named Antonio LeBlanc, a Korean American adoptee raised in a small town in the Louisiana Bayou. He's married to his Life Kathy and stepdad to their beloved daughter, Jessie. Struggling to make a better life for his family, he must confront the ghosts of his past when he discovers that he could be deported from the only country he has ever called home. It's inspired by true events and Blue Bayou shines an important light on the impact our immigration policies have on American families today. Blue Bayou stars Justin Chan, Alicia Vikander, and is in theaters starting this Friday. For tickets and more information, Visit bluebayoufilm.com. And I hope you take a chance to listen to both the interview with Justin Chan, airing on Dear Asian Americans and Korean American Parenting this week, and the roundtable discussion with Chan Chi Show hosts and other Korean American adoptees on The Chan Chi Show. Thanks so much. And here now is our episode.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the John Chi Show. This is the intro before the intro, but after the ad for what we're doing today, which is a Blue Bayou discussion. I just wanted to say before we get started with the movie discussion, when you're going out there and you're getting your tickets, when you're masking, when you're renting out the theater, however you're going to go watch the movie, uh, we highly encourage you to do so. But this movie does contain a lot of sensitive topics, um, and it's really triggering, especially for adoptees it's got it deals with obviously all of the adoption trauma um, but especially deals with uh, some suicide and so I just wanted to put this up front for you listener as a content warning as a trigger warning Um, certainly don't want to uh, you know we don't want you to go out there and endanger yourselves Uh, we think this movie is super worth watching Um, it's really stirring for discussion but you know we don't want you to be blindsided by a really hard thing uh so i just wanted to put that out there before we get started but without further ado here is that clip and by clip i mean the whole episode okay here we go
2: welcome to the john g show <laughs> <laughs> now you're just trying to make us laugh no now i'm trying to get serious <laughs> <laughs> it's my serious face see this is serious that does serious. look serious no laugh I hate being on camera Sunday.
3: You're listening to the John Tree Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it
4: means to be adopted Korean-American and more. And now, here's
3: your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to The John Chi Show. It is your boys, KJ, Nathan, and Patrick doing something a little bit different, something never before seen or heard uh, on The John Chi Show. we were so, so excited about this. We're having a roundtable discussion, as I'm sure you can tell by the title that you read to click on the episode, with special guests Katie Gagel and Liz Kleinrock. Hello, everyone. Welcome. How are you doing?
2: Great. Yeah. Great. Great. I love tended responses. Welcome back is what we talk about. Yeah, really welcome back. That's
1: true because they've both been guests on the show. Um, But for new listeners, um, briefly, Patrick, will you explain what John Chi means?
5: Yeah. So for us, John Chi means to feast or to celebrate. Uh, We speak about it in terms of togetherness, like family, um, to talk about what we've done over the past week but really it's to share uh to celebrate our shared heritage and culture as well as our identities and our uh unique lived experiences as korean adoptees
1: yeah 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 um and let's start with liz liz if there is anything that you want to say by way of introduction um please do so here
4: Sure. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Um, Hi, all. My name is Liz Kleinrock. My pronouns are she and her. Um, Like everybody else here, I am a Korean transracial adoptee. I was raised in Washington, D.C. to an Ashkenazi Jewish family, and that is also how I identify. Um, I am an educator. I have been a teacher for going on 12 or 13 years. I can't really keep track. Um, taught first through sixth grades. Um, I focus on anti-bias and anti-racist education. Um, I wrote a book about it. It came out this past May. I'm trying to do better at celebrating that and not getting super awkward. Um, I'm just really <laughs> excited and grateful to be here with all of you.
2: That Yay. is awesome.
1: Welcome back to the show. Uh, listeners, if you haven't already, you can listen to episode 36 of The John Chi Show to hear more of our interview with her. Katie. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? However, you would like to introduce yourself, please do that now.
3: Hi, I'm Katie Gagel, and I am also Korean adoptee. Wow! I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: it's, it's like we planned
3: like this. Guys, are all here for the same reason. Um, I. I was raised in Louisville, Kentucky, which is where I currently reside. I am in the toy industry and do account management. And I guess I've, I've spent the better part of this past year focusing on sharing my lived experience as a Korean adoptee, as an adoptee, and, and really trying to build communities and for other adoptees. So we're not so alone. So that's what I've really been focusing on in the past year. I'm so happy to be here, like Liz said.
1: If you want to listen to her story and more of her conversation with us, you can go back and listen to episode 46, which I realized um, is just 10 away from what I said previously, right? So <laughs> That's good that math. Right? Yeah, some good I moment. know how to math. Shut up, y'all. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> um, so the movie that we had the privilege of talking about today is Blue Guess Bayou. Well, this might
2: actually be episode 56,
1: That would honestly be amazing. Yeah, I think it is, by the way. Yeah, so, okay. (laughs) Anyways, the movie that we're talking about today is Blue Bayou, written and directed by Justin Chun. I wanted to read the logline. This is from IMDb. Uh, It is, as a Korean-American man raised in a Louisiana bayou works hard to make a life for his family, he must confront the ghost of his past as he discovers that he could be deported from the only country he has ever called home. So, a very light and breezy film, as you can tell from the logline. I didn't really know that much about it and was really excited to watch the trailer, just kind of get a sense of that. Uh, I think the logline does a good job of just kind of explaining uh, the overarching story. But um, let's just jump in. Um, Whoever wants to can go. What was your kind of initial reaction to hearing that there was a movie that focused on Korean-American adoptee stories?
5: So I will jump in. This is Patrick here. I'm sure everyone knows, but wow! So how dare you? So I think that. So
1: my initial introduction <laughs> <the> is <laughs> he's the dictator of the podcast. So I just need to get
5: that out there. Let
1: everyone know what his branding is. Yes, okay. it is me, the dictator of the podcast. Um, All hail Patrick Armstrong.
5: So I know when. So when the and when I first heard about the movie, I was really intrigued uh, because when the trailer dropped, I think was the first time I heard of it, and that it caught like wildfire. I saw everybody sharing it. And then you watched it, and I think everybody's reaction was the same. I was in tears or some form of crying uh, after having watched just the trailer. And so I was, you know, I was, like I said, I was really intrigued. Um, after doing a little bit more research on the film, I wanted to, I really wanted to watch it because I wanted to see how the portrayal of a, an adoptee's experience, but specifically a Korean adoptee's experience, was going to be uh, shown on the big screen. Because I can't really think of very many movies that have this type of storyline in it. Uh, Probably none. But uh, yeah, I think it was measured excitement, I would say. That's how I'll describe how I felt about initially hearing about the film.
4: Uh, I definitely second that. I also know that, like, I, I tend to struggle with anything that I find, um, like, tends to be triggering about adoption, about family separation. Um, I also had an extremely emotional reaction just to watching, like, the two-minute trailer and knew right off the bat that I was going to have to watch this movie alone, even though my partner was like, Oh, I really want to see this too. And I was like, no, nah, I think, I think I need to just do this one by myself. And I'm really glad I did. Um, cause I was definitely like snotting all over myself at many parts of the film. Um, but like, I avoided like seeing finding Dory because I also found the trailer of her, like not being able to like find her parents and not remembering what they look like to be like really, really emotional. And that's a Pixar movie. Mm. So I did not know how (laughs) going to do with this. I think because I've never seen a story that centers a Korean adoptee before, I think like automatically, like I'm rooting for that story. Like I hope it resonates with people. Um, I hope that folks who may not have any connection to adoption, to adoptees would find something, um, that they loved and connected to with it. Um, I will also admit that like in education, I try to be really mindful of making sure that, stories and perspectives that I'm sharing with my students are represented or being told by people who also share those identities and experiences. And as Justin Chan did not share the adoptee identity, that made me, I think, naturally a little bit skeptical, Um, but we can certainly get into that later on too.
3: I think my initial thoughts when I first heard about it was, wow, it's so nice to be, (laughs) it's so nice to be represented in some way. I think that was my initial without knowing, without knowing anything about it. And when I watched the trailer, I was familiar with, with adoptees that had experienced deportation. And so I was excited that that was being addressed in some way, that that story was being told in some way. But I also had reservations because I, I didn't, you know, you only get a two minute, kind of snip of of what it's going to entail so I also kind of had I don't even I think reservations for me was probably a little too strong but it was definitely something that that was exciting and I maybe I felt a little bit nervous about.
2: I second that on the reservations about trying to uh Understand. Well, we were watching it, and I was thinking, okay, this is going to be good. Uh, but I've heard stories about this already, so I want to see what they were going to portray in it, without, um, you know, with as much accuracy as possible. And because of the, the stories that had come out in the news and the Adoptee Citizenship Act, I was really curious on how they were going to do that. And I actually wanted to get some, like, almost educational information from it to see if they were going to tackle any of those topics. So I was very curious. I, as much as I was. In a way, triggered to think, oh, this is gonna, it's gonna make me cry. I'm gonna definitely have to to get some tissues and re- get ready for this. I, I was still, I was like, okay, this is one of those things that I think is important, and it's uh, something that I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna jump in like when you jump into cold water with both feet, you just <laughs> go for it, and uh, that's that's uh, that's how I did it, and uh, yeah, and I brought the tissues, so. But then again, I also cry at a lot of Disney movies, too. So I get you on that list, too. Oh, so you have door. a heart
1: is what you're saying? I, um,
2: <laughs> I am. Yes. <laughs> lots, okay, lots well of onion cutting over here at my house. That's what I'm
1: alternatively, saying. Alternatively, <laughs> uh, I am a robot. So when I saw the trailer, I was like, no feeling. Uh, I, this was, I could tell this movie was not necessarily my speed not my particular genre of film uh it was reminiscent for me of like marriage story or uh the movie that just came out recently with steve young whose name i'm blanking on uh minari um that like i was like oh this is really quality i loved that it was shot on film and some of the aesthetics of it but i was just like man i this is just this is not what i like i would rather go watch finding dory or go watch uh <laughs> i don't know some other like Action movie because I haven't really grown up outside of middle school, um, but was I think I think like the rest of you was hesitantly, trepidatiously, optimistic and excited around having our stories represented, and especially I think for me um, because I'm only marginally aware of the Adoptee Citizen Citizenship Act, uh, was curious about like what what this would mean. So yeah. I guess um, from here, I mean, I have some questions, but feel free to to ask questions yourselves. Um, but jumping in, Liz, will you uh, just kind of broadly, what did you think of the movie overall?
4: I thought it was really powerful. I thought it was really beautifully acted. Um, truly, it's it's a gorgeous, gorgeous film. And I think, you know, so often within any marginalized community, folks who are not a part of it will often think of that community as being like one monolithic entity. Um, clearly like even just amongst all of us here on this episode, like our experiences are so diverse and so varied and to see a very different narrative, like a very different life experience within like the foster system, within adopted families, within just a different geographic part of this country. I honestly have not spent a lot of time thinking about what it would be like to grow up Asian American in a place like Louisiana and to be... I thought I was fairly like isolated from other Koreans and Asian Americans growing up. But I think that is like a whole nother level of isolation. Um, I thought that there's like, I know no spoilers. The opening scene, I think is such like a classic microaggression that not just adoptees, but so many Asians and Asian Americans have faced that question of like, where are you from? And having to go through all of these steps and layers of explaining how, someone who looks like you has come to be where you are currently sitting and overall i thought that like the most powerful takeaway for me was you know the korean idea of han like this rage this like collective rage and grief we all share transcends our experiences like we are um, a part of the korean-american diaspora i think that you folks often like recognize or think about but clearly this concept is something that truly unites us despite the difference in our experience and identities.
1: Yeah. I'm curious, um, not that there's like an official anti-racism test, like there is like a Bechdel test, but um, as somebody who exists and thinks in that space often, and I think is, has done a lot of great work training your brain to think that way. How did this movie hit you from, um, I think, especially like the uh, uh, representation of Asian America and especially Asian America in a place like Louisiana?
4: Yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, I've done some research around um, there's a Supreme Court case, Lum v. Rice, about Martha Lum, who um, was like nine years old. Her family was Chinese American. They tried to send her to the white school. Um, this is in the 1800s, and she was rejected um, because even though she was not Black, she didn't identify as white. And this took place in Mississippi. Um, and truthfully, between that and knowing that one of the first, like, earliest Asian American communities in the United States was in Louisiana, was a Filipino community, my uh, knowledge is still, like, fairly limited. It's something that I'm still working to educate myself about. And it just made me, I think, a lot more curious about culturally, like, the difference between growing up in, like, the mid-Atlantic region as Asian American, having lived in a place like Los Angeles for, like, 10 years, where there is an enormous amount of, like, Korean Americans, Asian Americans... I don't know. I think, you know, whenever you learn something new or you're exposed to a different life story or perspective, it just also opens up all of those like awareness gaps. And I feel inspired to try to fill them.
1: Yeah, definitely. Katie, let's jump to you. Thoughts on the movie overall?
3: I thought it was powerful as well. I think that there were so many specific moments in the movie where um, it really resonated with me as an adoptee things that have hit me really hard and and I was surprised that they included those kind of nuanced experiences that I think a lot of adoptees go through um, or experience and I, <laughs> I I'll be honest I just sobbed and <laughs> cried a lot and
2: um, <laughs> got a lot of a lot of onions over at your house too, huh? Oh yeah. my gosh! I, <laughs> yeah.
3: I will just say that Darn even my God. mom came to comfort me because I think I didn't know how loud I was crying, <laughs> and she came in and said, "Are you okay?" And I said, "I don't know." <laughs> um, and I, but I think it's because there were so many moments in the in the movie that I was surprised. And, and I was surprised. I don't, I feel like I don't get triggered very often. Um, Or maybe my body doesn't respond to these triggers, but I I was surprised at at how hard so many different moments in the movie hit me. And, um, and, and that brought out so many different reactions, so many different feelings that I think I I wasn't prepared for. Um, You know, you just, when you see the trailer, you just think, okay, it's going to be this, this particular story narrative. But I, I was pleasantly surprised at how widening the, the story was. And the, the narrative was of him as an adoptee in Louisiana. um, And coming from an adoptee that grew up in Kentucky and went to college in a very rural end of Kentucky, it, it made a lot of sense to me because of, of that. And I, I thought it was beautifully shot. I think it was, it, it really, it surprised me. I think that's, that's the overall kind of reaction is that it just really surprised me at how much I resonated with it. And there were so many different moments that hit me so hard and I've never had, a, I've never had Maybe not never, but there are very few movies that hit me so hard, and this was one of them. Definitely.
1: Do you feel like that? The one of the reasons that it hit you so hard was just simply representation on a big screen, and and uh, the idea of like uh, having parts of your own story mirrored in in a really like specific way, not just in a general like family dynamic sense, like obviously none of us are talking blue fishes who struggle with memory loss, right? Um, So like seeing specifically some of those mirrors, do you feel like that was a part of why that was, why the movie resonated with you so deeply?
3: Yeah, I definitely think so. You know, you spend your whole life watching movies that are not reflective of your lived experience and you live your, I've lived my whole life with a narrative of how adoption is. And just, it's this positive, miraculous, and beautiful, and amazing thing um, for families. And I've, you know, I've grown up hearing that, believing it, internalizing it. And so when you, when I saw this movie, yeah, for sure. I, I, I think it, it connected so many, so many emotions to see something on a, on a big screen for sure not just appearance wise seeing an asian actor but to to really to really watch these experiences that i have had in my life be reflected and yeah and i think it was a beautiful thing to watch and i think that's why it made me so emotional but it was also really painful to watch
1: There are so many times even in uh, kind of broader Asian America mediums um, where I will hear little storylines and be like, and feel really seen. Um, And I can count, uh, you know, on the number of times on my hand when I just, it's, it's, that kind of representation has shocked me to my core. Um, Patrick, I'm curious, was there a, a particular moment, a particular story beat or something where uh, something about either the Asian-American or the adoptee experience really resonated with you or something that like you felt uh, just didn't hit the mark and you were like, oh man, I wish that they had done it this other way.
5: That's a great question. I think, so I think something that really surprised me about the movie was uh, there is a there's a second like B storyline introduced uh, with a Vietnamese woman, Vietnamese American woman. And I won't go into details, but I thought, so I had read some advanced reviews that had mentioned that storyline and, uh, and they said how it felt really tacked on. And while I will say that I thought that there were some things that didn't need to be in the movie, I was really glad that that was in there. Uh, Particularly as an adoptee, because where I'm at in my journey is really trying to find my way through the Asian American community and like finding my place there, and so you know I knew this storyline was going to come up, and and as it goes through the movie, I wasn't really sure exactly where it was going, but I really loved where it ended up because it really made me feel, it gave me like a sense of home that I've like I'm searching for constantly as i go on this on this journey of trying to like feel accepted within the the, the wider asian american community the wider korean community um and i was just and i was <clears throat> found myself really pleasantly surprised by by that storyline and that inclusion because it's really it's like a really specific moment in the movie but it's also a very specific moment in my life and just the fact that they kind of lined up like that uh while i'm going through this well, it felt like a little bit more than just fate or anything like that you know and especially with with ideas going in of what the movie might be and having reservations and to be surprised in ways that i wasn't expecting to be surprised especially when it comes to fitting in to your to your community because that could very easily have been left out i'm really glad that they left it in though because it just helped me feel it helped me feel hope uh as well as as well as that feeling of han you know made me feel the longing of my of of home of family of community but also made me feel hopeful that i can find that i will find that and i i mean i have but you know to continue uh to immerse myself in that experience
4: That's so funny. I had no, I I didn't read like the press briefings or anything before. And I didn't know that that storyline had been criticized at all. I actually really enjoyed that part of the film. Mm
5: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought it was really interesting when I read that because the way that some of these reviewers were just talking about it really made it seem like it was just tacked on very much like it didn't need to be in the movie at all. And I'm not criticizing those critics for saying that, uh, purely from like a, like a, like a technical standpoint, but Uh, I think that's, you know, I think, unfortunately, that's the problem with like reading stuff prior to seeing uh, as you're doing research on stuff that you're going to watch is that, you know, I had that in my mind, I had this limiting belief already. um, And, you know, I was glad to have that kind of shed away. And I and I wonder, I don't know if those reviewers were white or what ethnicity that they that they were, but You know, thinking back after having watched the movie, having experienced that storyline and thinking about the things said about said storyline prior, uh, you know, that made me think that it's like they were not they're discounting this experience and how powerful it could be, especially for an adoptee.
2: Yeah. And there was definitely a few moments, actually, I totally thought about you, Patrick. And I, uh, uh, during the during the there was a little cooking scene there, and I just remember thinking, "Oh, there, that's Patrick right there," and it totally made me laugh to the point where I even wrote it down as a note to, to talk to you about it Thanks. later. But. I really appreciated that actually that side storyline because of the, you know, it's something when some of us grew up in, in areas across the country that don't have, um, you know, a large Korean population that we we do run across an adjacent uh, um, culture like that, that is, um, has some similarities and has some things that you you latch onto and see. I mean, I, I talked to my sister about it uh, a while back too. We both, you know, we, we always used to love going to, you know, Chinese restaurants or, or you know Japanese restaurants, because we kind of felt connected to that in, in a little bit, in a little way that, that, uh, you know, because there was no Korean restaurants in Oklahoma. Um, but uh, so I appreciated that, that it showed a little bit more of that storyline and, and of course the, the relationship in there, but yeah, I won't spoil any more of that, but there was also <laughs> some, there was also some good, uh, good one-liners in there that I liked. In that storyline, in that storyline, yeah, that I can't. Yeah, talk about. <laughs> I really liked it because
1: I think it's one of those things where like it does show a more diverse America, right? And I think that that's so important, especially as transracial adoptees. And I don't know. I mean, I I could probably just ask my parents. I haven't. I probably won't. But I don't know what kind of like training or prep they got ahead of time in terms of like trying to go and find other Korean communities, other Asian communities for us to get involved in. But like Patrick, like you said, I mean, wrestling with. How I accept and then relate to the greater Asian American um, subculture community, greater Asian diaspora, right? It's something that I've been wrestling with and how simple it would have been for that storyline to not exist if those two characters didn't meet. Obviously, it's a movie, it's written, so like, of course they met. But And I think that it just, that whole storyline to me really helped um, add some nuance to some of the things I think that we all feel, uh, especially, um, adoptees who are raised transracially in what is home and how do we relate to multiple cultures and how do we understand and blend and yeah, just kind of navigate those, you know, what is essentially a third culture of being, uh, not quite. Asian, not quite American, right? And always kind of feeling like out of place. How do we then go and make home? And so that's one of those, um, I'd say, small stories. Um, And I think this movie was full of really wonderful, small stories, little, little moments that make you fall in love with characters that make you really understand character journeys. And so that when the bigger plot points happen, you feel them deeply because you've, you've uh, had the moment to fall in love with these characters. You've had the time to um, really empathize and know who they are as people. People, which I think the movie does really well.
2: They did a really good job of that family connection too, like like you were talking about on all sides of it. So I thought that was really well done. Mm-hmm. One of the I think common
1: criticisms, and and maybe one of the loudest criticisms that uh, one might hear from, especially the adoptee community, is. Um, Justin Chan himself isn't uh, an adoptee. There um, were some adoptees consulted, but like I don't know, like it's like kind of our our people, but not like our people, our people. Um, so talking to fellow peoples, uh, what what are some moments that you felt like missed the mark, or maybe that you wish like I don't know, like for me, I think. I'm really grateful for the movie because I think, you know, if I were to sit down and watch it with with my parents or with a a friend or somebody who, you know, wants to be an ally and wants to be a better ally, that's a great starting point in the discussion. And I have like maybe multiple points where that conversation would diverge. What were those diverging points for you or moments that you wish that you could go into uh, further conversation with open to anyone?
2: I mean, I'll, I'll say that I don't feel that I felt there was any disconnect um, for me at least, uh, i you know when I watch movies, I always watch them as as um, the story itself and not the actors necessarily playing the roles if they had if they were adopted themselves. I mean, they you know, people are actors there. They are, as long as they do their research, which I, I hear he did, um and they consult and find out, you know the reasons behind their roles and also the the um why they did these roles in the first place and wrote or direct these, you know, the movies. Then that's for me good enough. I mean, as long as they didn't portray it in a in a way that I I feel is inaccurate. But from my standpoint, there was a lot of things that I did resonate with, and a lot of things that didn't. So it's kind of hard. Again, I'm not going to you know connect with every single movie I see either out there. You know, I know I'm not a superhero, so even though I still love watching superhero movies, Nathan, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> You're a superhero, bro. <laughs> Thanks. If I was a superhero, which would I be? No, don't. Let's not go there. Elastigirl. Obviously. <laughs>
4: I found like two things that I, I struggled with a little bit. Um, and I, I kind of like messaged with Pat Patrick a little bit about, um, this piece and like kind of being unsure if this movie is meant to mirror or represent, um, the experiences of Adam Krabser, who is an adoptee, whose life story very, like you definitely see if you're familiar with his story, you definitely see parts of that, um, in the plot of this film. Um, not really knowing if that was the intent. Um, There is a theme of crime and like felonies in this film. And I personally thought that the protagonist's struggle and the challenges he he faced were like enough of a problem to like carry the film without (laughs) adding in, you know, all of this other subplot. And I just imagine like from the perspectives of somebody who might be like fairly anti-immigrant and like fairly xenophobic watching this film, not needing to give them any more reason to not root for us. Um, so that was something I struggled with a little. Additionally, there is a, a character who is an ICE agent in this film and who is portrayed like in a very, I don't know if sympathetic is the right way, but he he's he's friendly in this film based on like, the community activism I do, my partner also being an immigrant Latinx who works very closely with the undocumented uh, Latinx community. That was also just something that I I had a little bit of an issue with.
1: Yeah, definitely felt that too.
5: I'll jump in here. Uh, yeah, I we we did talk a little bit about the similarities with Adam Craft's story. And, you know, I think that goes into the production and you know, Jerry's been able to talk to Justin, um, and we haven't had that opportunity. Um, but I know he also they haven't done a whole lot of press where they go into the intricacies of what consultation was like, you know what what their inspirations were that they were drawing from and why and how that whole story came together, especially through the writing process because I know that they were working on this movie for a while. I know that he was trying to to create this movie for a, a little bit of time, and so I think that, yeah, I think that also, that was the number one thing for me was the whole criminal aspect of it. I felt like that was the one thing that could have been portrayed differently because when we're talking about deportation, I think you're, I think in the general public's mind, you're immediately going to crime. You're thinking criminals are the ones being deported. And for adoptees especially, but also undocumented immigrants, that, that's, that's one of the, a myriad reasons. That, that could happen and I felt like that his story was already the the way the struggle like Liz said, the struggle that he was already going through the burdens already placed on him would have been enough and I felt like it was almost pushed on to increase the drama for drama's sake and not necessarily to provide a a stronger foundation for the character to either go grow from or fall from you know uh so I thought that hindered it a little bit because again, you know, p- people watching this movie can't or it'll be easy for them to make a correlation of criminal and deported person or person uh, at risk of being deported. And I thought that could have been portrayed a little bit differently or a uh, uh, many different ways, I guess.
3: I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mainly, me I mean, what Liz said, what Patrick said, I mean, I've had lots of conversations with Patrick about it and 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 it, we kind of landed all in the same i feel like in in similar answers where yeah the the crime was unnecessary honestly and and i think for me what's hard is to translate on a screen which i have not seen very often again but it's hard to translate this this layered life of kind of going against the positive adoption narrative but also being realistic of how how people struggle. And and it's a really fine line of being able to portray that in a balanced way. And and I think that you know for me as an adoptee I struggled a lot in my life, but I also had a really great life. So like there you know it's it's just that tension that you live in and I feel like in the movie that aspect of it was really hard to watch because i didn't want to think he deserved it.
5: Mm, yeah. You
3: know, at the end of the day like i didn't want to perpetuate that idea what liz was saying. So that's that's where i landed.
5: Well, i think another thing too is like Being at risk of deportation or just having or being without citizenship, especially as an adoptee, you're already that's that's enough of a burden like that's already an adverse thing. So I felt like in the film with this with the real focus being on like his criminal past and background, I felt like it was just like amplified a little bit too much because it makes it seem like, like, again, it just really goes back to this feeling of. All people who are deported are criminals. I think that was the one message that I felt like I kept getting hammered over with a little bit, and I just wanted it to be because look, I just want I jumped in because you mentioned the the ad- positive adoption narrative, and I've been talking about that a lot lately, and how we have to balance this out. And balancing it out, and while representation like this in this movie is great, balancing it out with I've had a negative experience doesn't mean we amplify like the criminal aspect that is a very small part of it. Like just being at risk of deportation is, I think, fuel enough for a story like this. I think he did such a wonderful job of creating the conditions for this with, and I, I just felt like it didn't need that extra element to to push through. And I think honestly would have created the full, a, a more, an even more full picture of nuance of an adoptee ex- experience because it balances with. Some of this good that you can experience, not everybody has it, but you know, especially from a na- from somebody an adoptee who's had a negative experience uh showing that it's not all just you you got adopted and then was all terrible from there at that point, you know, so I think that was the that's the other side of that that I struggle with, especially in light of trying to balance this narrative out um one of the things that i I took away from
1: the film. Like immediately upon finishing and less so now that I've had a minute to sit and sleep on it. Um, but one of the, the things that I immediately thought was like, I feel like this story was really about the daughter, like the little girl, and not even really about um, Antonio LeBlanc, who's the protagonist. Did y'all feel like that? Was there, um, were there other things where you were like, huh, I finished that and I hmm. that's not how I expected to feel. Or I don't know, some other like just things that hit you and you're like, that's interesting.
2: Well, as a parent, I definitely felt the connections of those portions of it um, and seeing that relationship. And again, that was just part of it for me. It was, it was character building and seeing um, their relationship and um, you know, tugging at your heartstrings and, in you know, different aspects uh, of the movie um, from, from the uh, creation of the, the bond in the, the beginning to, you know, all the stuff that happens during the, the film. It's, it's uh She's just yeah, she's a a extra um, storyline that I appreciated because as a parent, and uh, and it it really maybe that was some of the reasons why I I uh, I cried more than I did. I don't know. (laughs) I'm admitting I cried too much. uh, I don't know. No, No. it was very cathartic. (laughs) (laughs) Let it out. I'm gonna start crying right now. How about that? Bring it on, man. I cried at the song. No, actually, I was interested in the song, the, the references of, to, I mean, this off the topic of the daughter, but um, the, the music choices that they used for the film, um, even the fact that Blue Bayou is a song, you know, by uh, Roy Orbison and, and Linda, or Linda Ronstadt was the one who sang it, but uh, she was thanked even in the credits I saw. So I don't know if, what that was about, but uh, yeah, was, I, I liked the song choice and the way they used it too.
4: I think aside from that song, I wish I had paid more attention to the music choices and the score of that. Film.
1: <laughs> oh, I thought the score was really good. Yeah. I It was a lot of timbres that I'm not used to hearing. Um, like you think about uh, Interstellar and there were like no strings. I'm done with strings. Um, but I think that the the timbre and the score was really good. Um, like some of the, like the technical aspects of the film, I think were really stellar.
4: I think to go back to your question about the relationship um, with his daughter stepdaughter technically. I think I think it was Nathan who mentioned this before, like how the film I think did a really good job at examining and defining like what family is. Like what does it mean to be in community, in family with somebody, even if they aren't your, you know, your blood relation. You know, like I don't have children of my own. And I've, you know, thought a lot about if I have kids like those are gonna be my first biological relatives who I know and how powerful that is. Um, And I think for folks who might, you know, view the concept of family just through blood or through some other like very narrow lens, hopefully, like maybe if they see this movie, it could open their perspective a little bit and also recognize that, you know, I think when we think about family separation, we think about, um, you know, asylum seekers at like the southern border of the United States. Um, But family separation exists in a lot of other ways um, in this country too. And it is not just an adoptee issue. Like it hurts other people. It hurts families. It hurts communities. um, And it's something that frankly, everybody should care about.
1: Absolutely. Katie, We'll start with you, but I'm curious um, to hear everyone's thoughts. What is, uh, what do you hope that people who see this movie take away from it?
3: What I personally really want people to walk away with is knowing that there are so many nuanced experiences as adoptees, and this one is, is one of them. And it's, it's um, part of a bigger issue as the Citizenship Act and that I feel like needs as much elevation as possible. But I also think it's going to I also hope that people walk away with thinking about how adoption impacts us, adoptees, as adults, and, and what what that may look like. And and I think more than anything, I just want people to reevaluate, to like sit back and reflect on the things that they have believed their whole lives about adoption, about adoptees, about citizenship and what that means for individuals. More than anything, I just want people to walk away thinking about that. And, and of course, like I would want them to act, (laughs) to, to act, but I I do think that a lot of it begins at self-evaluation and, Um, And what that means for themselves and how to be a part of something that can really impact a wider community, a bigger community um, outside of themselves. And so, yeah, so I think awareness, self-awareness, but also hopefully it will spur people to really move to act in some way.
1: Definitely. Nathan, how about you? What do you what's something that you hope people take away from this?
2: Just like Katie said, uh, the awareness of that there are at least, I think I read 50 cases or so of, uh, I mean, they showed a few at the end, um, you know, they kind of related to some stories, but um, there are current stories in the media and the news and happening uh, across the country right now of um, adoptees being deported. And uh, the awareness of that and what's going on uh, with that act and the yeah the um, what they can do to uh, help out I think is is very important. Um, And again, just the adoptee community seeing what maybe you know your fellow friend Korean adoptee has gone through or potentially gone through, and opening that dialogue with them and saying, "Oh, I I didn't know how how was that uh, being raised over in Oklahoma?" You know, there there were some cases where you're, you know, you probably haven't really reflected on those thoughts with, uh, with friends that you haven't talked to in a while. And so hope, hopefully opening that dialogue with, uh, uh with people, you know, is something that would be helpful and, uh, for everybody. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's another reason why, I, you know, I really appreciated the show or the movie and, and watching it. So. Liz?
4: Everything that's been mentioned. I think I have like varying levels of hope and expectation for people like on a very basic level. I hope people just know that we're here and that we exist. Um, and that while not all of our lived experiences are reflected in this film, like exactly like this is just one of many stories. I hope it makes people curious and want to learn more. Um, I hope people consider concepts like belonging and family and citizenship and what it means to be an American, uh, like who gets to be an American, who gets to claim that, you know, like, I think like Minari was such a beautiful film, but truly like, I didn't feel like it was my story or like my film, even though I appreciated and loved it so much. And I hope people also just recognize like the, you know, the importance and like the weight of seeing our story, like represented in the mainstream for the first time, And I think on like a much more like complex level, I hope people also maybe consider researching and learning a little bit more about how U.S. and like Western imperialism and like intervention in Korea and the Korean War and the Vietnam War and pretty much all over like the Asian continent has resulted in like the population of Asian Americans in the United States, how U.S. military intervention has, was really the catalyst in creating like this huge market around international adoption Um, And that is something that I think not a lot of folks are educated about or willing to face, but hopefully maybe this will make them a little bit more receptive.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think you see that even now recently, um, talking about uh, what's happening in Afghanistan and Mm -hmm. the call to adopt Afghan orphans. And (laughs) all the (laughs) adoptees that I've seen are like, "Uh, uh, hey, (laughs) uh, guys, can we talk about this before we (laughs) make decisions? Yeah, uh, so definitely that's a, a thing to think about. Patrick, how about you?
5: yeah uh again everything that everyone is here has said um specifically I would love to see people starting to uh, or take a dive into the adoptee citizenship act like Nathan said uh, adoptees from at least 50 from 28 different countries have been deported so far there are 40,000 to fifty thousand uh, people are adoptees specifically at risk and then also from that understanding how the adoptee, uh, the adoptee community understanding how, that is tied into immigration at large, and how important it is for us to not only fight for our own citizenship within our own community, but how it how important it is for us to be working together to make sure everyone who is facing this situation uh, is able to come away and uh, with with the what they what they are owed for being for however they however they got here, so they can have access to doctors and the the, the bare essentials to survive in this country. Um, and then off of that, I hope that within the the wider Asian American community, uh, they see this story and recognize the further diversity within the Asian American diaspora. I think recognizing adoptees within the wider community is really important. And I think seeing our story up on screen uh, just a, or a few weeks after seeing Shang-Chi uh, go up there and really start and just is already dominating, you know, I think that seeing i would love to see more more of that representation within the conversations not even within not even on the screen but just within the conversation that's happening within the asian american community
1: yeah absolutely i hope i think for me specifically to like the cad community i hope that we remember that this is one story of two hundred thousand, and it is Irresponsible. And I and I say this personally, because I certainly went into it expecting this story to have all of the answers and bear the weight of all of my expectation of literally 200,000 other lives. And it fell short of that astronomical expectation. Uh, and so I hope that as you enter into this movie, uh, knowing that it is um, difficult uh, and knowing that it is good work and worth watching... That you remember that it is a single story and that it adds a more nuanced, a more gracious look at what it means to be alive in America and and what our experience is, right? Um, and that we as Korean adoptees, we as Asian adoptees, we as adoptees, and we as people can take that in and and grow and enter into some of those further conversations like you all had mentioned. So the, yeah, that is it. Uh, before we wrap up, is there just like a final consideration for y'all around this film?
2: Well, I wanted to at least thank uh, Focus Features and uh, Essence Global for allowing us to participate in the this, this forum and dialogue uh, among ourselves, among the adoption, or at least us five adoptees. Um, this roundtable has been really great, uh, definitely, and to, of course, Justin Chun and the entire Blue Bayou um, you know, production team and everything they did on it. And I think they did a great job. And it's, it's definitely worth seeing. So I give it two thumbs up. <laughs> you can take that I part. would probably also do that if I had two thumbs to give. Patrick is shaking his head at me. <laughs> I'm good. I'm over here. Uh, wait, was that it? When is it coming out, guys?
4: Oh, can I do this part?
5: Oh, go Go for it. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) Okay,
4: so if you want to see Blue Bayou, and hopefully after this podcast, you absolutely want to. To see it, you will definitely have to mask up. Um, It is coming out only in theaters this Friday, September 17th. Um, But you can also check out bluebayoufilm.com to get more information and to check out locations and tickets.
1: Hooray, so go rent out a theater, put your (laughs) masks on, make it happen, Blue Bayou. Thanks, everybody. Uh, that is it for this episode of the John Chi Show. Until next time, John Chi, heyo.
5: Bye. <laughs> Liz, do you want to do our ad reads? That was great. <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh, good. Oh, a great <laughs> like, I've read. I always wanted to do
3: that. I don't know why. <laughs>